we just come before you this evening we heal we heal to you king of glory we submit to your will we submit to your way we submit to your purposes even in our lives we submit to oh God and we say have your way in us have your way in us oh God we take off all limits of you we take off all limits of you, O God. 
to you that is the ancient of days, to you that is the Alpha and Omega, to you that is the great I am, to you that is the all-sufficient one. We bless you, O God. We bless you, O God. All that we are, all that we have, we surrender to you, King of glory. We surrender to you, Almighty God. We bless you. We thank you, O God, just for your presence, O God. We thank you just for your presence. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all praise. Second Kings chapter 13 verse 14 says, Now Elisha had been suffering from an illness which he died and Johash, the king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him and said, My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha said, Get the bow and some arrows. And he did so. And he took, he says, Take the bow in your hands. And he said to the king of Israel, When he had taken it, and Elisha put his hands on the, on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window. And he said, And he opened it. And he said, Shoot. And Elisha said, and he shot. And, the, and he said, the Lord's arrow of victory. The arrow of victory over Aram. And Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Amen. And then he said, take arrows. And the king took arrows. And Elisha told him, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him. And says, you should have struck it five or six times. And then you would have defeated Aram, completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat them only three times. The Bible says, and Elisha had been suffering from an illness from which he died. He's, in the, in, he's almost on his deathbed. But he's still able to impart direction. He's still able to give instruction. And then in verse 20 it says, And Elisha died and was buried. And now Moabite raiders used, the, used to enter the country every spring. And once while some of the Israelites were burying a man, suddenly... They saw a band of raiders, and they, so they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. And when the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up again to his feet. Amen. That I want you to understand the mantle did not die because the man died. The mantle that is upon your life outlives you. The mantle that is upon your life outlives you. You see that same power 
that he had as a young man following Elijah, the same power he had as he took, there was a transference of the mantle and the anointing upon his life and he started off his ministry. He had the same power on his deathbed, enough to talk to the king and give him directions and to prophesy and to decree and to declare. So I pray today that as long as you have breath, may you have the power to decree and declare and begin to prophesy and speak words of truth and words of life and words of direction as long as the hand of the Lord is upon you as long as there is breath in your lungs may you begin to continue to declare the goodness of the Lord may you declare the goodness of the Lord may you do great exploits for the Lord and even when he was dead the Bible says even when the, when, when the body of the man touched his, his bones, came to life. I'm here to say to you today, there is something miraculous, even in you. Something greater than sometimes what we understand. Sometimes greater than what we perceive. God, this is the deposit of God. This is the measure of God that is coming upon each one of us. So Father, we pray today we know that whilst this outward man is slowly, oh God, slowly, slowly oh God, beginning to, to get weaker and weaker, but the spirit man is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So today we call out to God as spirit calls out to spirit and deep calls out to deep. Irrespective of what your body is experiencing, irrespective of what your circumstances is dictating, tonight I declare by the grace of God that you are able to engage you are able to engage from your spirit and let there be a deep calling out to deep tired or not tired oh god weak or not weak father i pray in the name of jesus oh god that when i'm weak i'm strong in you when i'm weak i'm strong in you i pray oh god let life let the Zoe life of God, let this abundant life of God, let this, oh God, supernatural life of God, let this power of God just exude out of your people in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. God is on the throne. He inhabits the praises of his people. So we declare that there is an atmosphere there's an atmosphere in the lives of your people where, oh God, the power of God works mightily. The power of God works mightily in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 
is the power and yours for yours is the glory for us. Yes, Lord. Yours is the power, yours is the glory, yours, yours is the king, the power and the glory for the power, yours is the glory forever. Yes, Lord. Yeshua. Yeshua.
your name on high, Lord.
atmosphere of the stillness in the atmosphere of the stillness God can minister to you let it just be a deep calling out to deep just an, a desire to just hear from him just a desire just to know him just a desire just to experience him We give you glory and we give you honor for you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be honored in the mighty name of Jesus. So Father bless us even as we get into the study of your word. We believe the entrance of your word brings light and life. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. It is our desire to understand that which you are doing on the earth. We pray today, O oh God, just minister to us from your word. We bless your holy name, and everybody said amen, and amen, and amen. You may be seated, amen. Bless your holy name. Amen, amen. Amen. Thanks to worship team, amen. Bless the Lord. If, if the worship team can just stay close, right? Don't disappear to the back. Amen. Amen. One of the things we've been talking about is understanding the fresh mantles of God. And in understanding the fresh mantles of God, I want you to understand how to navigate what God is doing. Amen. And uh, so today, a little bit of what I'm going to share initially is going to be Somehow, somehow for both the worship team and for us that are worshipers, don't be moved by the music. Be able to understand what God is doing. If you are moved by the music, 
you're going to only begin to adjust your worship according to what the musicians are doing. Secondly, musicians learn how to stay in the pocket. Learn when God is doing something not to change everything. Learn how to stay. This is how we learn how to capture atmospheres. And we learn how to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because otherwise what will happen is you shift from song to song without understanding preparedness and uh, without understanding the sound that the Spirit is, is emphasizing in a particular moment. It's not about everything. And it's not about trying to capture all the different songs. It's about coming to that place and understanding that there are certain sounds that are characteristic of certain moves of God. Amen? So I say this to you to understand this. I say this to us, all of us, because one of the things that I notice, people get quiet if they see the, the keyboard changes and, the, and then the drummer stops. And even as a drummer, understand, don't wait for the keyboardist. If the Lord is ministering to you, you minister on your drums. Let them follow you. Amen? This is something that I want you all to understand because if we're not, gonna, if we're not sensitive to learn how to capture atmospheres, we will begin to lose not that God is not there. It's the frequency is wrong. Your, able, your ability to connect begins to become tougher. So tonight I'm speaking on stewarding the mantle and understanding how to steward the mantles. And sometimes in understanding it, I'm going to look at back at, at, at kings in the, in the account of Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to talk about some of the, the, the tips or, or some just suggestions on how we should be able to steward the, the mantle upon our lives. But I want to start off by understanding some of the mistakes in the stewarding of the mantle Elijah makes in First Kings chapter 19. We are introduced to, to Elijah after Mount Carmel. And the Elijah after Mount Carmel is different to the Elijah before Mount Carmel. What changed? And so we understand that whilst the mantle of God doesn't change, the execution through character, the execution through human weakness, the execution through personality sometimes can limit how the mantle can begin to find manifestation. And so we understand this because I, I want us to go back to, to understanding that what is the mantle? Because otherwise we, we get it wrong. The mantle is a spiritual metaphor, a symbol for your calling, your ministry, your anointing, and sometimes where applicable, the office that God has given to you as an individual. And so if we understand the mantle is an office, the mantle is not a respecter of a person. If it's an office, whoever occupies the office executes the, 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 the ability of the mantle. 
And so we understand when there's a transfer from Elijah to Elisha, Elisha steps into the office. It's not that he just put on a cloak. Him putting on a cloak is a, sim a symbolism of him coming under the covering of something that is greater. This is, this is important for us to understand that, that, that so we, we, when we look at the life of Elijah in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, we, as, as I said, Elijah is in a different space. Elijah has called fire from heaven. And Jezebel sends a messenger and says, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. And Elijah was. What does the Bible say? What does your Bible say? And Elijah was. Uh, see you're afraid to say afraid. And Elijah was. And the Bible says. And he ran for his life. Now I want you to, uh, to understand this. What causes a man that has experienced open heavens, understands the weight of God's glory, understands the, the grace that is flowing in his life, because when Elijah, for every Elijah, there's a Jezebel. You've got to understand that. For every Joseph, there's a pit. For every Joseph, there's a part of his wife. For every Joseph, there's a prison. We want to see him in the palace. For every Joseph, there's a brother that hates him. There's rejection. So we have to understand the cost of the mantle. And we've got to understand the warfare and the roadmap that is required for individuals like Elijah to, to carry out. Because Elijah's life is a road map and in it it carries secrets. To carry the measure of the anointing that Elijah would carry. But in this we, we see in the stewarding of the mantle. There is also the ability to bring our flesh under subjection. In that moment, he begins to run for his life. The Bible says he came down to a broom brush and he sat down under it and he prayed that he may die. He says, I've had enough. This is, this is something that is important for me. Is that after all of the miraculous performances... He's now ready to give it all up. Would we continue doing what we're doing as long as the crowd is singing our praises? Or would we do it even in the face of greatest criticism? Will we still be able to function? He thought that he had, God has forgot, uh, uh, forsaken him. And so what, some of the mistakes that he does, firstly, he throws himself a pity party. Be careful not to throw yourself a pity party. 
He thought that everything was, he was done for. His life was over. The second thing was, he starts living in the past. Things were great when they treated him like how he should be treated. What do you do when people stop treating you the way that you thought that they should be treating you? But now things are tough, and he'd rather die than face the consequences. Was there just a one more element inside of Elijah that says, could I defeat this Jezebel? Would there be like a spirit that came upon David? Maybe the youth of David facing a Goliath enabled him to understand there's still much to live for. But because Elijah is towards the latter stages of his life, the benefit of youth and the benefit of natural strength, he begins not to have it anymore and he comes to the place where he's giving up. May you never give up as long as you have breath. May you face whatever the obstacle that comes in front of you. May you deal with the Jezebels. May you deal with those spirits that come against you. Because you see the problem was he was living in his past. Then the third thing he does, he compares himself with other people. This is a danger for all of us. Stop comparing yourself. Stop, stop comparing your mantle. Stop comparing your journey to somebody else's journey. You're learning how to steward this mantle because the reality is this mantle is unique for you. It has been tailor-made for you. It's like the coat of many colors. For Joseph, it was tailor-made by his father, which was a prophetic announcement of what his journey will be. His struggle for the mantle will continuously be a burden in the life of Joseph because of the tailor-making. When you make something, when you tailor-make something, it's made to fit you. And so sometimes when you look at your journey, you think about your journey and you say, maybe this is not for me. Because you're comparing yourself to others. Stop comparing. What did he say? He says, Father, all the other prophets have left. But look at me. I'm still faithful. I'm still zealous for the cause. And God says, get up. Elijah, do what I say. Sometimes... You can get to the place where you feel it's only you that is still being faithful. It's only you that is doing the right thing. And why are you suffering? Then he goes deeper and he starts blaming others for the mistakes. He says, if it were not for these prophets that were following Baal, and now only I am left. I would not have to run for my life. 
we would have saved. Often he, 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 he comes in and, and, and he says we want to blame the unfaithful for our mistakes. We want to blame the devil for our mistakes. But James says it like this, but every man is tempted. And he's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. Then when the lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. First James 1, 14 and 15. So he says, take responsibility for yourself. Stop blaming others. In stewarding our mantle, don't blame others. The last thing he does is he exaggerates the problem. He says there's no one more faithful. No, none, no one that is faithful anymore. And God had to uh, in, uh, remind him there are 7,000 others that have not bowed their knees to Baal Every, and, and have not kissed the mouth. Uh, he says we are I want you to understand, be careful not to exaggerate your problems. Amen? This is the problem we have when we, be, when we fail to steward our mantle. When we lean on our flesh. We, we have to understand, although we are spirit beings, we are also natural. And if we start to try and steward the spiritual through the natural, we're going to lose out. We're going to get to the place like Elijah. And we're going to, often many people have preached sermons about the burnout that comes to ministers and comes to people that are in the kingdom. Even leadership, that people that have served for many years in the kingdom. After a while, they get to a stage and they feel like there's nothing more I can do. I've seen it all, Pastor. I've been 40 years in church. I've been served. I see leaders come and see leaders go. I see pastors come. I see pastors go. I see people come. I see people go. I'm still here. <laughs> you got a little bit of Elijah post karma in you. And sometimes what it do is it justifies the mundane, mediocre, mediocre posture that we take when it comes to the spiritual things. If you've ever adopted a mediocre posture in your faith, it's time to check it out. In stewarding the mantle, we see the mistakes that Elijah made. In stewarding the mantle, we see the mistakes that even Elisha makes. In 2 Kings chapter 13, we read this at the beginning, verse 20 and 21. After the death of Elisha, his bones still had power to bring a dead man back to life. This would suggest that Elisha was still connected with the spiritual power of God. And it is crucial and it is scary to see that the mantle of Elisha was not transferred to anyone. In stewarding the mantle, we should always ensure 
that there's a transfer. Elisha's mantle was not transferred. Is it possible there are many reasons why Elisha did not transfer the mantle to his servant Gehazi? It's strange that an anointing like Elisha can attract a Gehazi. And we have to become careful if we are developing a Gehazi in our house and we're trying to hand over spiritual inheritance to one that is not devoted, one that is not honorable. It leads and begs to ask the question, why didn't Elisha hand the mantle or pass the mantle to Gehazi? Firstly, Gehazi didn't remain loyal and devoted to God. Instead, he chose to use deceitful tactics to gain monetary reward in the example of Naaman. Remember, the characteristic of a Gehazi is that he's looking out for himself. He's serving in the house looking for self-benefit. That's a Gehazi. And so we have to become aware that Gehazi cannot inherit the mantle. The, the, the person that inherited the mantle was the king, Joash. Because he responded in a way that he says, my father, my father. But the problem was he didn't get the full transfer. Because he was not able to see beyond what was immediately told him. Okay, let's look at him. He says to him, put your hand on the bow. Pull, take out the arrow. Open the east window. Shoot it. He was prepared to follow the instruction. He was able to follow the instruction. But when he tells him, take the arrows and beat it on the ground. He, this time, he doesn't tell him how many times. But he now allows him to sense through the dimension of the spirit, tap into the place so that the connectivity between Elisha and the king would have been so much so that the king should have known how many times. And because of the, the lack of connectivity, there could not be a full transfer, and you would see temporary solutions. Is it possible? Therefore, Elisha did not have someone to train, to hand over the mantle. It is likely that Gahazi was not deemed suitable and obedient enough to receive such honor by God himself. The Bible suggests that he was not committed, he lacked faith, the, the, uh, devotion, he was underhanded. When representing Elisha, he was not totally aligned to God's will. Remember in 2 Kings chapter 4, when, when the Shunammite woman and the son begin, uh, dies, and the Shunammite woman comes to El Elisha, and the Bible says as she came to Elisha, she fell at his feet, and she was aggrieved. 
and, and, and Elisha makes the statement, the Lord has hid this thing from me. And in that moment, when she, when she grabs onto the, the, the feet of Elisha, Gehazi goes to push her away. And, 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 and Elisha to tell her, leave her alone. He's close. But he lacked the ability to discern. He showed no respect for God's power. Disrespect the miracles performed. Because he used the miracle of the healing of Naaman for his own benefit. It would have been unsafe and unpredictable to pass over such a powerful mantle to a man like Gehazi. Imagine if Gehazi received a mantle. What a mess it would be. What a mess. Today, so many times, we are finding in the house of God mantles handed over to Gehazis. Just because they were present. Not because they were connected. Not because they were honorable. Not because they followed. But just because they had long service bonus, they had a good attendance record. Just because they were there for years, they were the longest serving member, doesn't qualify you for the transfer of the mantle. Hunger, pursuit, following, obedience, Sacrifice qualifies you. Proximity, as I said before, does not mean there's a transfer. Proximity doesn't mean access. Remember the fact that both, both, both Joshua and Moses is in the cloud. And the Lord is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses. And Joshua remained quiet. Moses is at the tent of meetings. And the other elders of Israel are there. And in the company is Korah, Abiram, and Dathan. And they said, doesn't the Lord speak to us? Access. Audience does not mean access. Just because you were in the place that God had to remind them to you, I speak in the cloud. But to Moses, I speak face to face. Just because you were in the hearing of an announcement doesn't make you the one that was speak, spoken to. See, this is important. In stewarding the mantle, we have to learn how to understand some things. So what are a few thoughts, and I'm around this up tonight. It says, firstly, recognize 
and acknowledge God's call on your life? How do you steward the mantle? Recognize and understand, acknowledge God's call on your life. Elisha knew that God had called him to follow Elijah and even before the prophet offered him the mantle. He didn't follow to get something. Amen. He followed because he felt an exchange and a connection. Amen. May, uh, I believe there are divine exchanges coming to the kingdom. In, in January of 2020, I made an announcement in the church and I said that the Lord is telling me there's going to be a changing of God. God is raising up new spiritual authorities. Spiritual fathers in cities and in nations. He's raising up new people that will be able to carry on. And there's going to be a transference and the passing on of, of the baton. And since 2020, January to now, we've seen so many transfers. Some successful. Some not so successful. Because we haven't understood how to recognize and understand God's call. We haven't raised the Elishas and we pray more and more that there will be Elishas that will emerge, that will follow not for a benefit. They won't follow to get something. They follow just for following. The second part, the second statement in, in stewarding the mantle, follow faithfully and obediently. When Elijah tried three times, to send Elisha where he refused. He knew that he was meant to follow. In the following, there will be some distractions. In the following, there will be some discouragement. In the following, there will be some testing of the relationship. But still follow. Amen? Persevere when it is hopeless. When Elisha was about to be taken away by the whirlwind, Elijah, Elisha persevered looking even when it seemed like there was a lost cause. Imagine there is that whole company, and this always amazes me. Elijah has a school of the prophets, and yet nobody in the company of the prophets that followed Elijah received the transfer. Is it because sometimes they were more interested in the gift and didn't understand the weight behind it? So persevere when it's hopeless. Stay humble and know your place. Despite the, uh, the authority that came with Elijah's mantle, Elisha understood that everything came from God and not himself. Remember, although there is a mantle that somebody carries and there's a transfer of the mantle from a man, Elijah, the mantle is not Elijah's. The mantle is the Lord's. It is the Lord that has chosen to place it upon Elijah. The you don't choose the mantle. The mantle chooses you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't choose the calling. The calling chooses you. And when the hand of the Lord is on you, you can do nothing to shake it. You can do nothing to run away from it. Ask Jonah. 
You, you can do nothing to fight it, ask Paul. He'll find you even in the midst of an assignment. And he will strike you with blindness. And he will bring you to somebody that will lay hands on you. So that your calling can be confirmed. Sometimes your, your calling will disable you. Before it will ignite you. You see, because when you run away from it, woo, it will disable you. Amen? Before it will begin to ignite you. Live out what you are called to do. I want you to understand when the hand of the Lord is upon you, remain humble. Don't ever, ever allow flesh to, to manifest. Live out what you are called to do. After receiving the mantle, Elijah knew from that time on it was time to take action and start fulfilling his, his mission. Elisha, when he received the mantle from Elijah, didn't have to go into a time of prayer. Immediately stepped into action. Because prayer was in the following. Preparation was in the following. When there is a, a relay race and there is a transfer of the baton, the person started the race, on your marks, gets it, go. When he meets the other person and there's a transfer of the baton, that person doesn't go down, on your marks, gets it, go. No, no, no. Finds them running. They were running while the baton was still coming. Yeah. And when the baton came, they continued running. Some of us want, want, want to wait. Put something in my hand. Before you start moving. Start moving because that's coming. Understand the picture. Start moving because you know it's coming. Because it's, when you got a confirmation in your heart that the hand of the Lord is already on you. You don't have to wait for something to happen. You know it's already happened. The mantle was already thrown on him long time. He, 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 bur he broke the plowshed. He, bu he burnt his, his oxen. He, 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 he gave up everything. He threw everybody a party. He threw his own going away party. Unlike Elisha. Even with nobody throw you a party, you throw your own party. Say bye-bye. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Why? Because I'm running. I'm not waiting. There's something about to happen. Amen? So you understand that he, 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 he lived out what he has called to do. Elisha believed in, the, in God and, and, and the calling of God that was on his life. But one of the things that is important, show patience and trust in God's timing. There is a potential all the time when you know the hand of the Lord is upon you to run prematurely. To take off on your own agenda. To go and try and work out what God is doing in your life. 
And the, and the last one, stay devoted and committed. If you want to steward the, this anointing, stay devoted and committed. Even after the calling, Elisha continued to serve faithfully under Elijah the prophet for many years before the transfer came. Some people, the moment someone laid their hands on you, the moment the prophet released the word and says, there's an anointing upon you the world has not seen as yet. Jesus, you thought you fell from heaven. You thought you're the next best thing since sliced bread. But we come to the place where we realize when you, when you know the weight, the mantle comes with a weight. It comes with a burden. It comes with a mandate. It comes with a journey that is not easy. But God is faithful. I'm saying to you today, steward what God has given. Part of our steward what God is doing. We cannot neglect. We can't fall asleep. We can't get weary. We can't get tired. We can't hold back. we got to push everything inside of us. This is our season to push. This is our season to toil. This is our season to, to stick in. This is our season. Amen. So I want to see a, a tenaciousness in this house. I want to see a tenaciousness in us. A pursuit. A hunger for God. Amen. There's something that, 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 that glory produces hunger. The mantle produces hunger. It produces something that there is a longing. Amen. I, 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 I want you to understand, I'm expecting every time I step into the presence of the Lord, every time we engage, every time we, we come into a corporate gathering, I'm expecting God to do something. I'm not going to engineer it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm expecting God, you visit us as you desire. Not a man-made. Amen? Come, let's just bow our heads together. Father, we are so grateful of your hand that is continually over our lives. We are mindful of the fact that it is that the power is of you and not of ourselves. That there's a treasure in earthen vessels. That the power is of God and not ourselves. Move sovereignly. Move sovereignly. Move sovereignly upon the hearts of your people. Let there be a quickening. Holy Spirit, just begin to minister. Minister, O oh God, in such a great way. I speak divine help. I speak divine grace. I speak divine enablement. In the name of Jesus, I speak divine prosperity. I speak divine favor. I speak divine breakthroughs. I thank you right now. You are moving on every issue concerning your people. Thank you that you are aligning. You are sending, oh God, a kingdom, oh God, kingdom and destiny helpers to your sons and daughters. 
So I thank you for what you are doing right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen.